Listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for Banished, the new city builder. It's just come out. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week it isn't Immortal Cities, Children of the Nile. This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Tropico 2. Mm. And this is Chris Hornbostel, and my game of the week is not SimCity. All right, so we <laughs> knocked all those out of the way. <laughs> Uh, let's get down then to some Banished, which we have been playing. Uh, that is the full title, right? I feel like it should have a colon or something beforehand. It's just Banished, right? It is just Banished. And yeah. kudos uh, to Luke Hodorovich for uh, having a one-word title. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, Luke, of course, being the one-man developer, is that correct? That's correct. And he calls his company, uh, isn't it, I want to say Shining Rock Software? Did I just make that up? Nope, no, that's, that's it. it. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, one-word title. Uh, you could totally see from the name, you could imagine maybe it might have zombies in it. Like, I wouldn't have been going in just from the name. I don't know if I'm going to be fighting monsters, if it's going to be a roguelike. Uh, so, yeah, it's an intriguing title, I guess. Uh, you guys know there is some backstory. Do you know that going in? Well, I don't know the back, like a game backstory, because I was going to say, you brought up zombies, mm-hmm. and uh, I read an interview with Luke the other day where his initial project that he was going to make his one-man project was actually a zombie role-playing game, and then decided there were too many zombie games and switched to Banished. Oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have not said that? <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, there's always room for one more zombie game. Uh, <laughs> all right, well. But that is sort of the angle that he's pitching here, isn't it? Is just straight up survival city builder. Uh, no, no flavors of the month in terms of zombies or aliens or anything like that. Uh, no free to play stuff. Uh, just a straight up basic, yeah. almost back to the basics city builder. Um, so let's see, Nick, you've noticed some oddities in it. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, the weird things that people have, have called out and that you've also noticed. <laughs> well, yeah, like uh, one, of the, one of the first things I noticed um, is that whenever you start, uh, the first few citizens that get into a house uh, are very young. Uh, I mean, I guess you could argue they're you know, age-appropriate for the, uh, I guess – medieval the colonial period <laughs> that they're supposed to be you know 14 to 19 um but then Im- almost immediately they'll have children that are you know five and seven years old in their homes and that's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> so like I, know, I do know what's up with that at the beginning of the game i did figure that part out oh what did you figure out it's just like the math isn't working out right like it's the math well, is right. smoothed over for gameplay reasons right well, what happens is when you start uh, the game, like on hard, you have 10 adults and six kids. And the game makes your 10 adults fairly young, so you get a good amount of time with them. Um, and then when you build houses, it distributes two adults, a man and a woman, into each house. Mm-hmm. And then it has to distribute the kids into each house. And so the kids. It just kind of randomly distributes the kids into the houses. So 
you're, you can have like a 12 year old girl married to a 14 year old boy, which, you know, whatever in your house. <laughs> and, and, they have, and then they have a nine year old kid living with them. Doesn't necessarily mean the nine year old kid is the son, you know, ah, that right. there, there was a birth that anyone was giving birth at age three. Basically, then it's driving home this idea that it takes a village to raise a child. Maybe they didn't actually have the child, but they're now responsible for it. Right. (laughs) The child got assigned to this house. Uh, It makes me think he's got a uh, he's got a great start to a uh, Lord of the Flies game. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That would be awesome. Uh, Well, I certainly find myself annoyed at some of these kids because they eat, but they don't work. Ugh. I just I don't I that's I would think back in medieval times before there were any meaningful child child labor laws we could get some of these kids to work in the fields or chopping down wood or something that's just uh, they're just running around playing eating all my food I mean how how young do you want them working mm, six okay yeah. all right <laughs> yeah put them to work get them in that quarry Are you kidding me look this is before I even build a school they get they don't have an excuse it's, it's not like homework is taking up their time exactly right right get them out there man oh, uh, Chris you've had some sort of ups and downs in terms of uh, jumping in and everybody dying and then figuring some things out and tell us a little bit about your early experiences with this and uh, what what has and hasn't worked for you well I'm afraid that one of the things that doesn't work for me, and I think it's a, you know, I hesitate to call it a bug because I can't prove that it's a bug, which is another problem, I think, with the game entirely, with some of the information it doesn't give you. But, um, Tom, you posted a map seed that you th- said, hey, you know what, folks, you did this in the quarter to three forums. Hey, enter this map seed, go there play on this exact same map and let's see how far we get everybody and so i actually had a game going and i was up to about uh 42 people or so about 40 and everybody was getting along great everybody sharing the resources and everything's going great and so i saved that and i started a game on your map seed and it was just the people there were just i i wanted to like I wanted to slap them all because they were, <laughs> they were hoarding. You know, it's like the dude who's closest to the stockpile is just grabbing all the firewood and sticking it in his house, mm-hmm. and everybody else is just freezing to death. And the person closest to the barn is loading up on all the food. And I'm just like, what are you people doing? So finally, I got I got frustrated, and you know, in true sinners in the hands of an angry God kind of, uh, you know, puritanical anger, I actually locked everyone out of their houses and locked out all the buildings, which you can do by scheduling them for destruction. Mm-hmm. And I did all that. And so for the next 14 years, I timed it. My people wandered around frozen with a, you know, the freezing hypothermia condition on them, the starving condition on them, the exposure condition on them, uh, and none of them died, which is that, weird. That does sound like a bug. <laughs> that, <laughs> and so then I actually finally took pity on them. I was like in year 15, so I unlocked all their houses again. And by this, I actually did lose a couple of people from old age, and all the children did die, which made me like gave me the willies. Like, could they eat the kids? You know, I was like, Ew. oh, that might okay. Maybe that explains it. All right. <laughs> yeah, but not for fifteen years. I mean, how much of a meal is you know is six year old Johnny going to be? 
I don't even want to think about that, Chris. <laughs> but did, anyway, did you build as soon a smoke as I house? their houses and let them back into their houses, immediately all but three of them died as soon as they got back into their houses. Ah, so, death finally caught up. Maybe uh, I wonder if it's like they need a house to die in. Like maybe yes, there's, there's that could be. Well, Chris, you're clearly not supposed to play that way. You're not supposed to lock everyone out of their homes. That's just not <laughs> the designer's intent. So you basically but, broke the game. Well, but was in, what was interesting is the behavior of the citizens on that map was just so completely crazy compared to the citizens in every and I've played about started up about six different maps since then and I haven't seen that and this is with the exact same difficulty mm-hmm. and the exact same you know set of state starting parameters so I don't know what's up with that uh, so you you mentioned though one of the things that you don't like is that some of the information that you don't get and in this case it does sound like there was some kind of weird bug where they weren't hitting their they weren't allowed to die, basically. It's a, isn't that a, a Bane thing? Like, doesn't Bane have to allow Batman to die? It's like you were Bane not allowing them to die yet. So, uh, uh, but tell me a bit more about some of your frustration with the information that you're not getting, Chris. Well, for instance, in that game, what I noticed is I had all this hyper, what I called hyper-consumption going on. I mean, people were just eating food like, you know, just like gluttons. It was like I had an entire village of Henry VIII running around, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why that was happening. And there was no information. Like, I thought, oh, maybe it's because they're not happy. Well, I don't know. They're four stars. You know, I couldn't figure out why they were eating all this food. So all I can assume is that was some kind of a bug. I, I don't know why they were consuming, you know, food and firewood as fast as I could get it and chop it. But they were, and it wasn't that big a town that that should have been happening. So I don't know. Nick, is this something that uh, you've had an issue with? Is uh, like lack of information or not being able to find out certain things? Are you okay with that aspect, or is that also a problem for you? No, yeah, I, I think there are some critical uh, pieces of information that just go missing uh, in the game. That you know, it'd be nice to know. Like, what? Why are they suddenly eating so much? Um, you know, why are they? Hoarding sometimes, I, and it's interesting that you mention it, Chris, because I I didn't see it in the seed game that I tried, um, right. which which I played to uh, year seventeen, but I got that same kind of uh, hoarding and just overall jerky behavior um, in another game that I did, uh, and it, it was the same thing. Like they wouldn't share; they were being complete jerks to each other, and then. Uh, I didn't lock them out of their housing. I just didn't have enough housing at one point. <laughs> um, and I noticed uh, kind of the same thing. They didn't freeze to yeah. death ever. They they just yeah. walked around with the little frozen <laughs> symbol. And I was like, oh, well, okay, F it then. I'm never going to build a house for these people. And you know what? It was fine. <laughs> they, now, they just now, didn't work as much. <laughs> now, Nick, in that game, did you – like one of the things I noticed was I you know, had – a fishing dock going and what i would see happening you know i had four i had loaded up with fully four fishermen and what i would see happening is my fishermen would carry their catch back from the dock put it in the barn and then immediately grab their catch and take it back to their own houses right like you seeing that kind of stuff too yeah yeah like yeah your, i've seen the like same your, thing where workers will go to uh they, they'll go to the quarry for example you know, and they'll they'll mine the the stone, and then it just goes, you know, to the closest uh, storehouse, 
and then the jerks that are right next to it will just take it all. Right, right. And it's just, uh, okay, great. <laughs> it but does it, seem... It's, it's weird that that happens in some games that you start up and not in other ones. That's, I guess, what's curious to me. Why is there, like, a game reason why that happens, or is it a bug? And I, I honestly don't know that answer. It, it does yeah. seem like you're not really supposed to have much control over the flow of goods. That, that That's going to be automated. That will, at times, be at the, the mercy of either the vagaries of the AI or proximity issues, you know, something being closer to a storehouse than others. I know that the idea of a marketplace is such that that then becomes a centralized location that links all these different storehouses. You have a, there's like a storage barn and a stockpile, I think. Uh, And those are two distinct places that you keep different types of goods, but that a marketplace unifies it. So it seems like you don't have a lot of control over uh, the distribution of goods. Like I think of the early impressions city builders where you would have, I forgot what it was called, uh, walkers maybe? You would have yeah, guys walkers. that would, yeah, they would walk around and provide goods and services and you were supposed to put roadblocks to sort of channel how they moved. Uh, I don't think there's anything like that in Banished. Um, which, I, to be fair, I, I kind of am okay with. Like I don't miss managing walkers at all. Like I'm, I'm happy to, right. have yeah, to do that's that awful. again. Um, but but what bothers me is not so much the hands-off of the, the goods distribution, because I find that a little fascinating, and that can actually be a hook for me. Like when I see, okay, where is my rock going? Why is it going there? Okay, let me puzzle this out. A lot of times I'm okay with figuring out that kind of system, but what I'm not okay with and what, what, uh, what you sort of got me thinking of, Chris, when you mentioned information that you don't get – I don't mind having to puzzle out the flow of goods. What I do mind is being asked to make decisions without information, and and that is killing right, banished right. for me. Uh, and and by the way, I'm going to go on the record. I really don't like this game. I am so not into this game at all. Um, so and 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 one of the main reasons is because this is a game about making choices, and I'm being asked to make those choices with zero information about their relative merits. For instance. Do I plant pumpkins or potatoes? That right there is a cool decision. I like the idea of making that decision. I don't have any information, though, about which one is better or different or worse. Are they the same? If they're the same, why am I making the choice? You know, should I make my ale at my tavern out of berries or out of the cherries that I've got? I like the idea of that decision. I don't know why. I don't know what what is is better or different or worse what's the advantage for instance of putting people to work uh in a gatherer versus a a hunter's cabin you know why can't i have some information about efficiency without um you know i don't mind puzzling out the flow of goods but now i've got to calculate well okay is this some weird thing with the flow uh is there some factor where the weather impacts hunting but not gathering I'm not given any of this information. You know, does fishing work year round? Obviously, farming doesn't. What happens? You know, what kind? Of, you know, what what sort of choices should I be making about farming versus animal husbandry? Um, the game is just so stingy with teaching me about the stuff that I should know, uh, and I hate that. You know, why should I build cattle? Why should I have cattle in a pasture over sheep if I'm already getting leather from hunting, for instance? Because oh uh-huh. yeah no is there an answer to that <laughs> yeah there is actually you can use the wool from your sheep well I know for to sure to make better coats right so why would I ever want cattle 
and that's I, what I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know. Can you make cheese? I, I honestly don't know that. I, well, no, I've so never raised make, cattle. So you can make a leather shirt, you can make a wool shirt, and then you can make the best shirt, which is wool and leather. So if right. I've got sheep providing the wool, and if I've got hunting providing the leather, have I then made cattle irrelevant? And that's an important piece of information. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, right. Do cattle make more meat? Um, well, now the game does say that – I don't know – Gosh, I don't know if it's in the two. I I do know that it's in the online rules where, if you look at it, it does say that your people need a balanced diet of will eventually, yep, like their long term herd. They they need like right, yeah, exactly. And that that again, that that's good to know. But unlike other city builders, which I want to talk about later. I don't know. So again, that, right. you know what? I've got meat from the from hunting. You know, I've got venison. I've got mutton. What do I need cattle for? Maybe I don't. Uh, and maybe that has to do with the vagaries of what you get from the trader. Um, you know, as cattle. So I know mutton that I need as green. good as this mutton. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and with all the different seeds, like for instance, why am I going to pay twenty five hundred space bucks or whatever worth of trade goods for squash seeds? Why do I want that? I'm already growing pumpkin, for instance, and I've got wheat. Here comes a trader. It's super expensive. Is there an advantage for me folding squash into my people's diet? And I don't know. The game doesn't tell right. me. Right. I don't know either. Right. Uh, yeah. and I, I hate that. So that's driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no I, I, the one, I get it. The one that I keep running into is, uh, for example, like the, the fishing dock. Uh, it gives me a ton of fish. Like, I have never had a problem with the fishing dogs. It's just fish, 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 fish. And I know the game says you have to balance the diet, which is great. So I'll, you know, put up a gatherer and some hunters. Um, but, for example, when I look at, like, the storage barn or people's houses, I'll see, you know, a crap ton of fish. Like, you know, 3,000, 4,000 units of fish and then 200 units of venison and you know, 50, 60 of berries and mushrooms and whatever and blah, 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 blah. I have no idea if that's a good ratio or not. Right, right. Like, right. I don't know. Exactly. I, I, like, okay, so, you know, I don't know. The Japanese seem to do it great with a bunch of fish. So <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with these yeah. idiots, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, Nick, what you mentioned and actually what both you and Tom mentioned, uh, without jumping over into other city-building kind of games, but... In a lot of those games, if you click on, like, individual households in other games, they'll tell you things like that, about what they want for their diet. Or even in some games, you click on individuals walking around on your streets, and they'll tell you. Uh, I know that, like, in SimCity Societies, uh, each individual will tell you what they need to make themselves happier or more fulfilled or whatever. And, right, and that's right. an important aspect of a city builder is you need to have you need to be given information that helps you make those choices. You know, if I'm planting squash and I've got a bunch of people saying, "Man, I wish I had some pumpkin to go with my squash." That's cool because then I now want to buy those pumpkin seeds right. and I want to start a pumpkin farm. If that, if I don't get that information, there's no impetus for me to care about also adding pumpkins. Um, right, and honestly, that that brings me around. To, you know, that kind of ties into one of the things that really doesn't work for me in the game. Uh, when you're playing like an old impressions city builder or something like that, you actually see your buildings evolve. I, I 
I hesitate to call it emergently, but it is kind of emergent because you can't press a button to get to the highest level of housing or whatever. Right. But as those houses get, you know, that more complete diet and all the other little things that they want to have, luxury goods or whatever, the houses themselves kind, kind of evolve. And I always enjoy that. I think that's one of the strongest parts of any city builder design. And you don't get that at all in this game, and so yeah, you get you get the wood to stone, and that's it. Once you got a stone house, it's never going to change. I mean, that's as, as right. and the boarding houses again. I don't understand why they're boarding houses. Why would I mess with those if I could just build a few crappy wooden houses? Um, right. But uh, so th- <laughs> let, let's get to that then, because that's another thing that's killing it for me is the absolutely generic theming. I kind of feel that there's there's no flavor here uh it, there's nothing to make it stand out from any city builders uh, other city builders and i feel like it might as well come in a plain brown wrapper with the word city builder <laughs> stenciled on the side um and, and part of it is that thing you're talking about chris is you don't get this sense of it evolves into a thriving metropolis because that's that's part of i think why we like city builders is you get a patch of wilderness and you tame it and you end up creating an entirely new kind of environment the environment in here never changes. You know, you're constantly replanting forests, and sure, you've got your little patches of, of farmland, but because the buildings don't evolve, because you don't fold in any new cultures, because there are no meaningful uh, tech advances, um, it it's the same game after 20 years that it was after two years, I kind of feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. I, oh, well, it kills me that there are no tech advances in this game. <laughs> it, like, I... I, I mean, I know what he was going for with all the buildings being unlocked right from the start, and mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the choice he made. But it, it I, like, I just, I find I get to about year twenty and I'm done. Like, yeah. I just, I, I don't feel like playing anymore. Like, okay, great. What am I going to do? Build more houses? What the hell? <laughs> well, before we get too much, so I, it, what works for you guys? Like, why don't you guys tell me something good about this game so that we're not just ragging on it the whole time? Uh, <laughs> What, what's something in Banished that really does work for, for you guys? Okay, well, it, it is the fastest game to load of any game in my Steam library. <laughs> I mean, you guys noticed that? Like, you hit play in your Steam library, and it's like, boom, there you're in. Go, go, go. I mean, that's awesome, right? Okay. There are other things, though, too, that I like. Uh, all right, give me some other things. Tell, you guys tell me about some things you do like in Banished. I really like the way it does winter. Um, I just I, I think winter is really really neat in the game. Um, I'm not sure about because my guys are all running around in leather and wool coats, and it really doesn't seem to affect things a lot as far as gameplay goes at this point. Because uh, I notice my hunters are still pulling in deer. I notice even my gatherers are still bringing stuff to the right. barns, uh, but. It, it it does look really cool, and I know that I'm going to have a run on firewood during winter, so I guess that's part of it. Um, so I like the way it does winter. I think it creates a nice atmosphere. I like that. Uh, I've got to start doing this. Uh, so I'm going to just – one of the things that after I lost interest in – not lost interest, but after I was getting a little frustrated and it wasn't really hooking me uh, and I stopped playing Banished, one of the first things I went to was uh, Children of the Nile. The one of the or the first tilted mill city builders sure. that they made after they split off from Impressions, because I do love in Banish that that uh, sort of 
uh, not pulse, but, uh, the, the alternating seasons, the feel of like, like winter, spring, summer, autumn, winter, spring, summer, autumn. Like I like that progression. And it made me think of the way that Children of the Nile works with the flooding of the Nile. So the mm-hmm. Nile floods, it recedes, you plant and harvest on the floodplain. Flood, recede, plant and harvest, flood, recede, plant and harvest. I like that, that cycle. Um, and I do miss that in a game like Anno, which, 2070, which doesn't really have that kind of, uh, the, you know, cycle of seasons or day, night or whatever. Um, so I really do like that, even though I don't think it's necessarily unique. Um, but yeah, it certainly is pretty. I mean, it's nice to have a kind of a winter wonderland, especially for me out here in LA. I'm really, you guys are having this awesome, like, cold weather that we don't get. So it's nice to experience that in Banished. Uh, the UI is actually, it's hit or miss, but I like okay. that it lets you move things around on the screen. Okay. Um, it, there's a lot of, like, remapping of keys and things like that that are definitely very user friendly. I'll give it that. Why? Oh, man. Can I <laughs> can I jump in with one criticism on the UI? Sure. Yeah. I, it's hit or, or miss. Actually, yeah, it's not ahead. even a UI. I, I don't even know what you would call it, but why is rotating the buildings <laughs> mapped to the keyboard only? What? Why? What else would you do with it? You want to hit R two? No, it, it it says it's mapped to. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. No, it is. You're right. It is. It's just the R and T button. You guys yeah. don't use your hotkeys? What's the matter with you? Oh, that I kills me, man. We're talking about God gave you a left hand. Use it when you're playing a game, for Pete's sake. <laughs> uh, that's, that is right. A lot of games do have to like hold hold the mouse button down and then rotate to turn something. Uh, yeah, they don't have that. Um, now, something else that does work for me and... Wait, I want to talk about interface, too. Are we done? Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Talk uh, about interface. I don't like the interface. So here's the thing. <laughs> I do appreciate the flexibility. I like being able to like pin the the window for a specific building to watch when it's going to get finished or to try to keep an eye on food production or whatever. Um, I, I kind of feel like he, uh, he opted out of an interface and instead just lets you open, I guess there are four different windows that I don't understand why you would ever close them. So whenever I play, I just hit, what is it, like F2, 1, 2, 3, 4, to open the, the mini-map, the little supply window, the, um, what is the other one? Oh, the, the professions window, and then the event log. I don't understand right. why those aren't a fixed part of the interface. I, I guess if you just want a full screen view of, of your city, whatever. Um, but those things, I, I feel like you, you always need them open. There's no reason when you're playing the game to not have them open. And then what happens, though, is that little profession screen, which shows you all the professions, and you've got a tiny up-down arrow, and then you can hit the sideways arrow to look at the people if you want. I feel like that right there is where I spend so much of my time, and it is so tiny and inconvenient to single out those little <laughs> tiny arrows. I spend so much time waiting for a child to turn into a laborer. And, and then I finally see that little one box by laborer tick up, and I'm like, oh, finally. You know, and then I put, I put in another hunter, another stone cutter, or whatever. But then I get the situation where when people are starving, I need laborers to automatically replace them. So I've, so I've either got to watch specifically for who died and then click the little tiny arrow, or I've got to have this pool of, of laborers. I guess I'll do, they'll help move goods. Um, but I've got to leave a pool of laborers to replace casualties as people are dying. Um, and then a lot of the gameplay is just jiggering. Okay, I've got enough wood, now let me put some people on iron. While I've got wood going, uh, 
it, it just feels like so much of the gameplay is that one little window with all the professions and me just clicking little tiny arrows. And since that's where I spend so much time, why are those arrows so freaking tiny? Uh, See, I actually don't use that display a lot other than for information. I actually use the buildings themselves. So how are you? So go ahead. Maybe I'm just weird by doing it that way, I guess. I don't know. So I get in a situation where I can't remember and the the buildings don't look that distinct to me. Uh, I can't remember, like, is this a gathering hut? Do I have more than one? And, and I look, <laughs> I, I was like, get my gathering my... hut confused with my herbalist, yeah. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, so there's things like that, and I'm reminded of other games where you can click on something and get a little indicator or an overlay to, to easily find, and again, it's part of the presentation of information, find specific kinds of buildings. And say what you will about SimCity, and Lord knows I'll, I'll trash that thing with the best of them. That game was horrible in many ways. But I love all the different overlays and information displays they gave you. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the kind of problems with SimCity was they, they gave you so much access to information that it was so painfully obvious how broken it was. Uh, <laughs> but I commend them for, for letting you see that. Um, so I, I, I have some issues with the interface, too. I, I don't like, um, I, you know, I don't like that those those proximity things I, you know there's proximity rules about uh, people are unhappy when they live next to a blacksmith and you know that's in the on not the online the uh, in-game documentation right right how far does that unhappiness go <laughs> exactly yeah i don't know and and i can't and tell, tell by the way if somebody's unhappy i can't tell why he or she's unhappy i have no information right. about that um Oops. so you know the, all this he's telling me information about hey people don't want to live near this or that Okay, help me manage that, and the game doesn't do that. Um, so the interface, right. I'm not crazy about it. I mean, there are some nice things. Uh, oh, Maybe there's something the reason that drives it's me. hiding so much information is uh-huh. that there are broken systems in there. Well, I don't know that. that yeah, I mean, the thing is, yeah, are they broken or do we just not understand <laughs> them? And yeah, we don't have <laughs> tools to find out. Uh, here's something that I really, really hate. Uh, and uh, so when you build a town hall. It gives you all this incredible information, and it's all handy, centralized information about what seeds you've got, and you've got your population graph that you can watch, and there's a much more convenient, uh, centralized look at everything you've got stored. Yet that town hall is a kind of advanced building, because it takes a lot yeah, of Yeah, I hate that. And I hate that all that that interface information is tucked behind an advanced building. It's a terrible thing to do with your <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it just makes no sense. Here in year fifteen, we'll actually start telling, giving you information. You know, yeah. five years or five hours into playing this town, we're going to start letting you have access to what's actually your demographics and stuff. That just makes no sense. Right. <laughs> here's, here's the crucial information you wanted three hours ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Here's what you needed when you were a small, starving band of people, and now, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know. Yes, Tom, you mentioned uh, you mentioned labors and fiddling around with that little the little uh, careers menu, right? The little jobs and tasks and everything. So here here's one of the basic questions I had: What is the correct ratio of laborers right. to everybody else? Well, I don't, I don't like, know. I, I don't even know. I, I I can't tell if you know other than. You know, people running out of stuff because stuff isn't getting to the storage uh, barn fast enough, I guess. I I mean, there's nothing to tell me, you know, hey, this guy's not doing dick 
and get him working or something. It's like just an idle peasant thing in an RTS or something. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, or like like you said, right. like the kid, you know, a child has now become of working age, which, by the way, I guess is ten years old. Ten years um, old. I think ten years old. Now they can you, guys were, you guys were complaining about not being able to put kids to work, and now you're complaining that ten years old is too young. No, I think that's fine. The problem is, uh, again, there's nothing to tell me that that kid is ready to work. You know, suddenly there's just another laborer. Oh, right, right. But that's that's what tells you. Like they become students, and then because that's one of the things that I another problem I have with this game. And you guys are doing a terrible job counterbalancing me, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Another problem I have with the game is the the pacing because I spend a lot of my time in the game, and it's jacked up to maximum speed. I don't see any reason to run this at anything other than ten times speed. (laughs) But another problem is I spend a lot of time waiting for a stupid kid to graduate so I can put him to work. I'm just sitting there waiting for that to happen. And (laughs) a a good city builder will give you other things to do while you're waiting for your population to grow or you're waiting for something to finish. There is a lot of waiting. But, but Nick, to, to get to the labor thing, I think laborers are kind of idle peasants. And if you haven't... Like, I like that you can, and this is very Dwarf Fortressy, you can designate an area and say, hey, take all the rock out of here, or hey, take all of these trees. And I think that's what laborers mainly do, and they'll right. also transport goods around. But then here's an issue that I have, and another thing where there's no information. When you build a, a trade depot, or whatever it's called, it has to be on a river, and then every now and then a trader shows up, and he'll bring new stuff into your ecosystem that you didn't have before, and that's a cool idea. I like that. The trading depot has space for six workers. As near as I can tell, the only <laughs> thing those workers do is the stuff that's going to sit and wait there for two or three years before the next trader arrives. What a yeah, huge! Like- Why would I ever have? Any more than one person working there, and even then, once it fills up, am I supposed to leave that guy there? Does he maybe make the trader come sooner? I, I don't know what is going on with that. That's ridiculous. I figure that the, I figure like that trading post is like the cab stand in Goodfellas. You know, the guys who are working there are actually quote unquote working there. Right, you know, right. <laughs> well, there's a marketplace too, and it's the same kind of thing. I can tell the marketplace that those guys. I think they even have like these carts that they roll around, and they're just gathering goods, and that makes sense. Yeah, leave guys there. But once I've put the 300 extra pecans that I'm not going to eat in the trading post, why would I leave anyone working there? And it just gets a whole deal where I'm just constantly moving arrows up and down to reallocate jobs. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I Now, I'll, I, I, I've got a couple of other good things. I'm going yeah, to try to count I want to hear from Nick, too. Nick, you go to bat for this, too, because I can't do it. I All right. Okay. So go ahead. Okay. Give us a good. All right. Well, I posted about this in the forum, but uh, I had a really sweet setup going on one of my towns. You know, it was booming, um, really successful, just cranking stuff out, and you know, it was almost running itself. And then in year five, a tornado touched down and managed to catch all of my workers transporting iron from an iron mine back to town. And then the thing turned and went straight through the middle of my town and leveled all but four houses, and then continued on and took out my gathering hut and all the forest around it that was providing about, I don't know, know, 30% of my food for the game. And I I went from, like, having, like, 35 people in my town to having eight and only five of them were adults and, and everything this, else was just knocked down. And this is the point where you rage quit, right? 
I thought about it actually. I or I actually thought about just reloading back to an earlier save. Now we thought, you know what? I'm going to see what happens if I actually try to save this thing. And that was actually a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed it. It was a real for one thing I got to know all eight of my people by name like, oh, look, you know, there, there's little Barney and uh you know, Helga out, they're, they're my hunters, you know. Oh, and, and now, and, you know, they got to be 60 years old and everything else. And, uh, you know, it, it was just kind of, it, it was neat. It was this nice little, there, there's, not, there's no narrative at all to this game. And it might, it might as well, you know, a lot of times I agree with you, it does feel very generic. But when something like that happens, and I realize that you can set any sim, any city builder to have disasters, this one, I actually did kind of have this emergent feeling of, uh, oh, you know, this is kind of cool, you know, um, and eventually I did manage to bring the town back, huh? which was kind of cool. And I, en- I enjoyed that challenge of doing that. That one was of, kind one of fun. the Yeah, and one of the things that uh, you could either think of as, as a negative or a positive for the game that enables that is because it's not a scenario, because there's no instant fail state, there's no reason for you not to... Like, it's not once that tornado landed, it's not like you're going to lose the game or anything. Right. So that you might as well stick with it. It's not like any... You know, your progress is lost, but, but you don't, you're not progressing towards any fixed thing. You don't have any goal because it's so completely a sandbox game. Yeah, sure, you might as well just start again with the eight people and your damaged buildings. Um, so I guess that's the the flip side of there being no overarching narrative to it is that tornado isn't going to force you to fail. It's just creating a new kind of emergent scenario, so to right, speak. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's exactly kind of what it did. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, get in here. Make me not dislike <laughs> Vanish so much. What do you got for me? I I really like the music. Oh, I turned sure. it off. <laughs> I, I really like music. I, I, no. I think it's I, I think okay. it fits if if he was going for you know a relaxing kind of vibe um i i, I think the music does that and i i do like it i like the sound design uh-huh. uh for the little sound effects what sounds there are uh-huh. um i i like that i think e- even though the little villagers you know don't see, you know they don't have the little vocalizations that you might get oh, yeah. in other city builders i i think their appearance has a lot of personality Okay, because yeah, and I like, you I like said that. that. It didn't even occur to me that they don't talk. I mean, I guess I didn't really miss that. Like I, uh, so yeah, good point. Oh. Yeah, they don't do the little or anything, and they don't, you know, unfortunately, they don't give a lot of information about what they're unhappy about. But <laughs> uh, how do you uh, like how do you like this sound, Nick? Let me try to do it. Dedum, dedum. Oh yeah, you, you know that, that's when somebody you're, dies. You're running out of firewood. Oh yeah, actually that's right. It's also it's running low on something, or it's when a child dies of starvation. Or yeah, it's always a. It's, it's almost like a car door open. Like, why are you doing that noise? Uh, okay, here's something else that's good. actually yep, really great about uh, Vanished. Okay. Right now, it is sitting at number one on the Steam. Sales charts well, it's ahead of, right but it, it it is a new release, but it's sitting ahead of Daisy, and so it makes me and you know, judging by the traffic on the Shining Rock uh, website on their forums, and judging even by the traffic on the Quarter to Three website, and 
excuse me, looking at uh, my own friends list, a lot of people are playing this game, which, you know, that's fine. But what it makes me think is, man, if you work at Tilted Mill, like if Tilted, like if there's anybody still Uh. there, you got to right now, they've got to be looking at that. And they, you know, they canceled their game Medieval Mayor or at least put it on hiatus. You got to be thinking, God, we've got to be able to get funding for this thing because there's clearly, clearly, there's a market for this. Clearly, people want to play. I want to play this game. I think a lot of people want to play a, a good version of this game. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you here's know? what I think is going on there, Chris. Um, it's got a lot of goodwill from the the sort of the can-do indie spirit of this one sure, fella. Sure. Uh, but it, it also, I think, is tapping into something that, that Nick has observed uh, a fair amount about, and that is rather than selling it as a city builder, um, sell it as one of these survival games, right. kind of like Daisy right, or right. Rust or Seven Days to Die or even It wants to Terraria. be Don't Starve. It exactly, really wants don't to be starve. Don't Starve. And, and it's, it's yeah, not it's that it really wants to. It's just like playing like I – here's my, my overall problem with uh, Banished is that I think there are far better city builders. And I think you can get the same experience you get with Banished by playing pretty much any decent city builder on hard difficulty. But because this is sort of – sold and it's made to to be a game where you can fail and you know that's there this is a time where people are used to that like there's a there's right people want to play games where they can fail and starve to death and die and and have everything fall apart you know it's like minecraft with a challenge um so i i think that it, it taps into this gaming zeitgeist that some of those other games are appealing to in a way that other city builders didn't really capitalize on as well because in other city builders you can just play it you know and you can kind of put this on easy even on easy i fail at banished constantly um but you can put any most city builders and they kind of want you to play them in a forgiving way and just see cool stuff happen but if you make it difficult you can play it as a survival challenge any city builder so i think this game is just uniquely and it might even be inadvertent but it's just capitalizing on that that sort of thrust in a lot of contemporary games. But the corollary off of what you just said, mm-hmm. if I'm tilted mill, I'm thinking that's yeah. how we pitch our game. That's you know that's how right, we right. pitch right. our next game. You know we we work that in and we do this. You know a little. You know we fix these other little nagging things in banished, and we make it better. We we make it. The survival city building game, only, you know, we, we do it a little bit better than they did. And I, w- I would love to see that happen, but part of me also thinks, you know what? Because this is what I did. Go download Children of the Nile. <laughs> That's what I've been playing uh, <laughs> in the last 24 hours. I, I was like, okay, forget Banished. I, want, I just want to take a look at Children of the Nile, see if maybe I'm being a little too hard on Banished. Children of the Nile holds up. And, you know, you play that on difficult level, and, it, it you know, it, everything that I have a problem with in Banished, the, the presentation of information, the, the interface issues, the, uh, you know, just the documentation even, in Children of the Nile, and in any good city builder, you click on a building, there's a question mark, and it opens up a, a, a glut of information with hyperlinks to other information about that building, and it'll tie yep. into other concepts in the game. Uh you know, Tilted Mill, great, go and do the Medieval Mayor game, but while we're waiting on them to do that, just go play SimCity Societies or Children of the Nile again. Uh, find it, Get a copy of Anno 2070. Uh, there are great city builders out there, and I kind of feel like 
why would you? I don't want to say put up with, but but why would you, <laughs> why would you play something that has as many foibles as Banished has when there's so many great city builders out there? Uh, right. And honestly, I I, I spent I, I kind of cleansed my palate with here's an oldie but a goodie that seems to have completely vanished off of the radar uh, because Sierra is in such weird limbo with what their properties became. Caesar Four really, mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. holds up so well. Where oh, did you did, you did you have a copy or is that available anywhere? I, uh, it is available to download from GameStop, but that is the only digital download source for oh my it. God, I'm not going to download something from GameStop. Sure. So it's, to- it's, it's ten bucks to download from GameStop, uh, or uh, I, I was actually I was actually in the closed beta, so I still have my discs. Is it not on Steam? Come on. It's not on Steam. Well, Children of the Nile's on Steam, so there. There you go. <laughs> and another one, uh, another game actually that has really gotten a Beautiful, not beautiful, it's the most brown game of all time. Uh, Stronghold Crusader, about a year ago, uh, got a a high-def patch, widescreen patch, Mm -hmm. and it was always an ugly game, but it was a real, I always really enjoyed Stronghold Crusader a lot, and so it's not like it's going to get any uglier, and... It actually looks great. It, you don't have to fiddle around with it like you kind of do with a little bit with Children of the Nile. I had to kind of fiddle with it to figure out what was going on with the resolution. Well, you uh, go into options video, <laughs> right? But then it doesn't show it doesn't show widescreen on my me- on any of the menus, which kind of freaked me out at first. I'm like, it's not taking my resolution. What's up? Okay. But then it yeah. does when you the game itself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, now the the stronghold ones those were uh, that was Firefly's games where you would build a castle right. and there would be sieging as well uh, like that was their unique angle is you build a castle and then have to withhold against a siege right 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 and the survival mechanic there was it was always kind of a little race against time like okay the bad oh, guys are going to be showing up soon right, right. so you have to get your little economy up and running in X amount of time before the bad guys show up you know get going. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Uh, so, uh, Nick, if you does Banish make you want to play any other city builders? Is there anything you? Yeah, actually, I it, it's kind of the same one, Children of the Nile, <laughs> because it, uh, we talked about it before. But the 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 weather mechanic in Banished immediately made me think of the you know the Nile right. in Children of the Nile because I, I always like that you know that idea that okay you know you start and then all right the Nile is going to rise and then it's going to go back down and you have to plan for that. Um, and I, I kind of thought banished was going to do the same thing, you know, cause Oh, the weather's going to be so harsh. You got to plan for the winter. And then it turned, you know, w- once I figured it out, it's, Oh no, it's not really. It's, it, it's more of a decorative thing. It doesn't really make a difference. Well, one of the, it does actually like, it tells you the temperature, which I appreciate and all, but I would rather have more information about, does this <laughs> affect productivity? You know, how long, uh, you know, how much difference is the, are the coats going to make that I make for my people? Uh, so, uh, but, but one of the, the problems that you actually made me think of, Nick, by mentioning the, the winter stuff, there are relatively few for lack of a better word, systems in Banished. You know, there, there's food, uh, there's, there's, there's stone, there's tools, there's clothes. Um, 
and then there is, I guess, the the temperature. Like there aren't that many things t- to manage. You know, for all those little bitty different kinds of food, without any information, it all just gets lumped into one food stat. Um, then I guess there's happiness and health. Uh, one of the really cool things that Children of the Nile does is adds on, a, uh, you know, you've got fairly simple systems as well. All food gets reduced down to, to food, and that's basically money in Children of the Nile. But it also has this overworld map where uh, that's a drain for certain resources, and you can open paths to new places, new trading options. You can send your military out there. Uh, but one of the systems that I really love in Children of the Nile, and I, and I kind of wish there was something like this in Banished to give it some flavor, in Children of the Nile, you're playing a pharaoh, and your prestige is an important stat, and it determines how many educated workers you can get. And it, you can manage your prestige by building monuments. Uh, and if you run out your lifespan before the next pharaoh comes up and you don't have an elaborate place to be buried, you lose prestige. So it's like an ongoing thing that, like the Nile coming and going, your pharaohs get old and die. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you hit right. 20, 20 years old in Children of the Nile, you get a little message that says, hey, congratulations, you're 20 years old, but the best years of your life are behind you. You know, right. Prepare yourself <laughs> for the sunset of your life. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this sense of death and having to overcome death and be ready for it, and you can farm death for prestige, and you can make some of those uh, – some of the, the, the elaborate tombs um, – it even does, and this is an incredibly cool little touch, when you on the overland map do something cool, like open a trade route or send an explorer to find uh, the Sinai Peninsula or something, it then lets you make a stele, or stele, I'm not even sure how you say this, it's a decorative little obelisk that you put in your city, and you can only build those when you have uh, a, a deed to commemorate. So when you do certain things, it says, hey, you could build a stele to commemorate this and get prestige. So it is then folding in to the overworld map and your accomplishments there, a little decoration in your city, which feeds into the prestige system. Uh, and I just wish there were more systems like that to give flavor to, to Banished that, that I feel it's missing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, and... You guys kind of touched on it earlier when you were talking about how winter isn't like seems like it's a bigger deal than it actually is in the game of Banished. I think one of my biggest overall problem with Banished as a game is the lack of immediate consequences for bad decisions mm-hmm. or questionable decisions. Um, winter is harsh, but it's not really that harsh. You know, uh, having a having a diet that's only like fish and whatever your gatherers gather from the forest and venison. Huh? You know, if I'm sure if we talk to the designer, he'd say, "Oh, but you just wait. If you just have that as your only source of nourishment by year 25, your people are going to be in really bad shape." <laughs> right. And I say, "You know, you know what? No, they're not because I'm never going to get to year 25, dude. You know, I, I wish that there was. You know, I just started playing Agricola on uh, the iOS, uh-huh. and I wish there was some way." Like, in Agricola, it also starts out with, okay, I'm able to get everything set up for my little family. But then, if you've made mistakes in Agricola, right. 
that feeds back negatively to you so quickly where you're like, oh boy, nope, that was bad. And well, and there's a clear like, sense of, yeah, it, I should have made this decision two turns right, ago. In a exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the sense of direct uh, consequence that uh, here I can't really see. Like I noticed in the little uh, documentation, there's something about if you have animal pastures, they can get diseased. And if you quickly move your animals, then maybe you can save some of them. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool, but how, you know, what's going to cause them to get diseased? Is this just a random die roll that's going to happen at some point? Is it the equivalent of the, the tornado that you talked about, Chris? Like, right. I, I don't understand. It just feels like random die rolls are, might sometimes hit me, but I haven't seen many of them. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, the tornado made me think of uh, some of my favorite disasters uh, aren't quite that dramatic. Mostly people die of starvation, but I've seen every now and then uh, I had someone fall off a ladder and die, which I was kind of like, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this. Yep. So it, normally you get so-and-so's died of starvation. I got like Hildebuild the Builder has fallen off of a ladder and died. Uh, I even had, and this was kind of poignant, uh, I had a, a woman die of childbirth. Like it said, you know, so-and-so has died in childbirth. I was like, oh, that's a good little drama there. Um, so... <laughs> uh, all right, tell me something else that you guys like. Quick, other other things that are good about it. I hate to be such a negative Nancy here. Um, uh, it really Engine seems pretty solid. solid. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I, I I said the engine seems pretty solid. Yeah, it does actually. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here, let me ask you this: how fast yep. it loads from steam. Does load fast, yep. Uh, should we, uh, because it is a one-man project, should we, I don't want to say lower our standards or cut it a break, but should we have different expectations from it, I should say, because it's a one-man project? Um, I don't think so. You know, I speaking from a consumer standpoint, as somebody who plunked down money for this, um, I, I think I paid, what, fourteen ninety nine for Don't Scarve, and that's a little bit larger development team. I don't know how many people work at Clay, but that's a game. Or you know, I don't know what you feel, how you feel about Don't Starve, Tom. But I really like Don't Starve a lot, mm-hmm. and that's a game that I actually paid less for that I think does what Banished kind of purports to do. And I'm paying the same price. I've actually paid a little bit more, so. You know, I'm not looking for a game to put on my refrigerator and say, look what Luke did. Mm-hmm. Nick, do you feel like we should have any different standards if it's just a one-man operation? No, I mean, I, I think uh, certainly the the backstory on Shining Rock Software and the you know development of the game is, is you know, he's out there. Um, and I think he's been savvy enough to kind of capitalize on that. And, you know, more power to him because um, I, I do think it's... You know, it's interesting and and it's something that attracts people and and like you said, it it does that kind of underdog like you want to root for the guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, let me go ahead and give him nineteen ninety nine, uh, <laughs> you know, over something else. Um, so, I, I in that respect, I think I, I think he's reaping the benefit of it already. So, you know, I I don't think I should cut him much slack if you know I play it and I, I'm seeing you know pretty at least to me anyway pretty obvious 
uh, faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. What is your high score in the game? <laughs> you know what? If we if he would if he would just figure out a scoring system that might even give it some kind of legs beyond what it has. It really the, the that's another thing that really bothers me is there's no overarching structure for it. You know, the, the game doesn't even end when everyone dies. You know, you, you lose your last dude and you expect a game over screen or no. maybe here's how you did or you get to see your graphs or whatever. Nope. <laughs> I don't understand what the thinking is there. Is you just have to manually quit out. There's nothing left to do. I guess you can watch a little deer run around. Um, but there's no recap. There's no stats about how you did. And considering that there are no scenarios or any kind of campaign progression or sort of metagame unlocks or, or anything, uh, I just don't understand that decision. It would be cool if you could like sp- like hyperspeed time at that point to watch the wilderness reclaim your town <laughs> and structure. I, I, w- I would actually watch that, I think, once. I would actually be like, oh, cool, look at this. <laughs> So, all right. So that's uh, that's banished, uh, and it is it is doing well, I guess. So, like you, you said, number one on Steam, huh? So it's beating yep. out uh, eight hours from re- after release, at least. Uh, okay. It's ahead of Rust and uh, Arma and uh, Call of Duty. So you know, looky there. Good. Yeah, Good I mean, I, it's ahead of even the, you know some pretty decent games that are on kind of sale right now. I mean, it's yeah. It's doing good. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, congratulations to it. I mean, I never begrudge a game for, for doing well, um, and I certainly, you know, I guess I enjoyed my time with it, but I believe I'm done, and hopefully... Uh, has, he, has he made any announcements for the direction it's going? Because uh, generally, in development, things are perpetually in beta and being worked on. Uh, do you know if he has said, uh, okay, it's 1.0, he's going to make his next game? Has he made any announcements for any additional content? Do you guys know? All he has said in his uh, developer log is that there are you know a small number of people who are having trouble uh, with DirectX 11 issues okay. or getting the game to start. So he said his first priority right now is just making sure that everybody who bought the game can run it, and then beyond that, he hasn't right. said much. Okay. Yeah. I kind of wish there was like a roadmap, like a longer-term yeah. roadmap, so I could yeah. say, okay, I'll come back in three months and, and take a look at it. And uh, right, but it does seem like the kind of project where you can come back in three months and there's probably going to be a bunch of cool new stuff. So I hope see if that happens. Yeah, maybe I do as well. All right, so there you go. Uh, there's some uh, banished um, available now on Steam, of course. Uh, next week we are going to actually kind of maybe a little talk about board games, but not entirely. Uh, with, I hope, two mystery guests, guests who I'll be revealing uh, later in the week. So uh, join us for that. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Nick Diamond and Chris Hornbossel. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see everyone here next week. Wintertime winds blow cold this season Falling in love, I'm hoping to be uh, Chris, identify the band. Uh, we're listening to The Doors, even though there's clearly bass on this song. Wait, what does that mean? The Doors didn't have a bass player. Yeah, uh, Robbie Krieger. He was their guitarist. I mean, Ray Manzarek. He was keyboardist. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, J- Jim Morrison played bass with his feet. Not many people knew that. 
That, that's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> Wintertime winds blew and freezing Coming from northern storms in the sea Love has been lost, is that the reason? Trying so desperately to be free 